This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Stu minus Pat and Stu. I just have to say, you might see someone freeze to death on, really? on live on television today. It is, it is, it is incredibly cold in here. Oh, that is, and the, he's going to be sweating because you are a large more. could not disagree uh, man. More. But uh, you can anyway, hear some so, mornings you open that door, it's like the sweat box of heat hits you. It's seven. It's there's seventy. Only, look, like, there's only three oh this is just, handlers that cool this room. And I, 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 it's seventy. I like it. It's like seventy degrees out today, or maybe seventy-five or something. And they're uh, he's you know back there. They're setting the uh, the temperature, and they're like, oh yeah, we're just gonna get it down to sixty-six, and we'll be good. Well, it feels like it's, it's a big room to cool. It's a big room to cool. You have to keep it because once cool, you get it down, once you get it down to about sixty-five, anyway, yeah. you know, then it starts warming up, and you don't want to. Oh gosh, I don't know how you guys do this on a day-to-day basis. This is brutal, but. Uh, <laughs> Harsh working conditions. Someone it call, is. get OSHA in here or something. Where's the government when you need it? Uh, All right, so, so did you listen to it? I, you know, I listened to some of it. Glenn, uh, for those who are not aware, Glenn went on the Howard Stern, Stern program today uh, uh, for reasons I'm not exactly sure why. But, well, uh, he he to, I mean, he's, you know, I mean, Glenn well, wanted, go ahead. What are you going to say? Glenn wanted to, you know, meet Howard, get on the show. Howard wanted to talk to Glenn. He wanted to talk about, uh, you know, the... the the Birmingham and getting people together. And oh, that's because Howard, he's talking about big that on every that. day. Uh, yeah, big on that. He's definitely not just, you know, bringing in oh. naked women and, you know, uh, making them sit on loudspeakers and whatever other crazy thing. Did you see the Howard Stern movie back in the day? Oh, yeah. Do you remember the Stern movie? Yeah, yeah really. so. Um, I love Howard. They just don't, it's kind of like oil and water. It just doesn't, you know, but anyway, but Howard is. Those two are both huge radio yes, stars. Yes, at the core. I was just talking about this uh, backstage, but at the core, you know, it, to me, it's kind of sad that Stern has taken the route he did and chose to go with, like, the chick thing and whatever, because yeah, he is. Sucks. It, okay. Ignore Satan over here and let's just, uh, you know, finish this thought. Uh, but because he is a very talented radio guy and, and, and at the core, that's what Glenn and Stern are, are both radio yes. guys. So, so that's what they do have in common. And so, uh, so it was, int- I've, I listened to a little uh, portion of it and it was interesting. Uh, yeah, I got to go back and listen to it. It was Stern trying to, to figure, it was kind of clear that Howard didn't really know much about Glenn. Like he said he watched on Fox, which I got the sense that he probably did, but yeah. I think he was watching it because he, Thought it was like, you know, to him it was like, oh, this is crazy. This guy's gonna do something nuts, you know, and, right. and that's why he was watching. I don't think he necessarily. Right, and he did say, Glenn, Glenn did say saying, that but, uh, Howard did say that he watched it uh, 
because he was enamored with Glenn being at the chalkboard without the teleprompter and talking. So yeah. he was watching it because it was, oh, this is, this guy's doing right. something real. Right, yeah. And so, uh, and so he did say that, and I did, that did come off as believable. But the interview seemed to be Stern kind of trying to, I think he was on for a long time. He, he was, was on for like an hour and a half time. or over an hour or something like that. But So it was like Howard trying to kind of go through this figure and just figure him out. Yeah, figure yeah. him out. So the part I heard, it was, it was definitely interesting. So I think we, do you want to listen to a couple of Yeah, I do. Uh, I want to hear it. Yeah, well, let's just roll them from the beginning and see what we got. I have to tell you, when I went to uh, Washington, D.C., I went to D.C., I was probably about 18. You had just left D.C. Right. Yeah. I, I'd pay anything for a copy of this memo. I went on the air, and, uh, and I said something. I don't even remember what it was, but I used pissed. I'm pissed off. Right. Uh-oh. And I got a full-page <laughs> memo from the program director and said, who the hell do you think you are and where are we? Right. We're in the nation's capital. You're not Howard Stern. How dare you use the word pissed? We don't use that kind of language. It's not right for radio. Unbelievable. Like, now when you hear, oh when, I was watching TV the other day, and some guy was saying, you know, douche or, or something. And I, I remember almost getting fired for saying douchebag on the air and, and scumbag. At NBC, I said scumbag. Oh, my God. You would have thought I had committed treason. Yes, I know. It was unbelievable. <laughs> but I love that. I love that it would cause such a problem for me. It was so stupid. Everybody on the the street is saying 10 times worse, but on the radio, we're going to act like everything's just fine. Right. That's, That's funny. That's a really interesting observation on uh, just how far we've come, like good or bad. Uh, you know, it's just like... That's how it was. I mean, you watch that. Stern's, when did Stern's movie come out? Does anybody know that? Because I, I remember all of these sorts of things from, you know, when he was pushing the envelope and the crazy things the he was doing. The movie itself, man, that's got to be old now, right? Ten years right. old. Right. So you At think least. about that. That was like pushing the envelope back then. And, you know, Glenn says pissed on the air and, and Gets the full oh, page you're going to get fired. And, yeah. and scumbag? I mean, that's standard fare at this point. And then uh, he goes on to talk about success with Howard. You had poise, right? You were able to go do oh, this kind of thing. Sucked, yeah. It was sucky, <laughs> it but, but yeah. you were Ignorance able to do it. Is bliss. Yeah, and then you, you, the contest led to three on-air jobs at three different stations. But uh, really, when you think about it, you pro- those are the years you probably should have been going to college, right? I or, should have been going to uh, junior high. Junior high, right? Yeah. Did you drop out of school? You went to no, high no, school. I went to high school. You got through high school. Were you the coolest kid in high school because no, you had a I job on the radio? No. But I would think that would elevate you immediately that you were working on the radio. I'm a geek, radio. man. I'm yeah. a total geek. So you never got laid in high school? No, I was not cool. <laughs> not the cool guy. No, I was not the cool guy. But then did you see radio as the ticket to being the cool guy? Yeah, but it never really worked out for me. You weren't the cool guy. <laughs> no, I was never was the Was it because cool guy. you work mostly at morning zoos and stuff? The morning zoo guys yeah. weren't the cool guys, no, right? I was not the cool guy. Right. You were, the, cool. you were the guys who kept it light, fun. You kept mm-hmm. people entertained and that kind of thing. Main, mainstream stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so where, where's the first big radio job for you? Uh, first big radio job, I mean, when I was 16, I worked at Cube in Seattle. But wow. it was just, it was, it was nothing. Uh, mornings? Uh, no, 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 no. First morning gig big would probably be um, Y95 in Phoenix or BSB in Baltimore. Was you, well, your father's alive, right, I take it? Or did you, no, my no. father just died. Your father just Probably, died. But yeah, back then he saw this, this uh, <laughs> you becoming a radio star. Was he impressed by this? My father, the, the best thing, I mean, you know, we never had money. Nobody in my family has ever had money. Right. And uh, when I moved to Connecticut, uh, we bought a big, nice house in New Canaan. And my father came out, and I caught him at 6 o'clock in the morning, one summer morning. And he was standing out by our flagpole, and he was just looking at the house. And I walked out, 
and he was crying. Oh. And I said, what's wrong, Dad? Yeah. And he said, I can't believe my son lives here. Wow. Wow. It was really kind of a cool thing. So that's a cool thing that he got to see yeah. you do so well. Yeah. And I'm sure when you got into radio, you didn't think you'd make any money either, right? I mean, you don't get in it for money. No. You no. don't think there's ever no. going to be no, a dime. You kind of think, like, I'm going to be the one. But you never are. <laughs> no. <laughs> you never and doesn't are. everyone else seem better than you, too? Yeah, uh, oh, like you sit gosh. there and go, how, how am I ever going to get, get good at it? I get off the air every day, and I'm like, and I, my producers are always just roll their eyes. Because every day I'm like, how does anybody listen to the show? I <laughs> <laughs> that's well, all that's true yeah a couple of things in that clip too that glenn pointed out uh, that howard mentioned the uh the contest the demo contest that's another thing uh that would, it would I, have we ever played that thing on the I air i don't think so you know he was uh, 13 14 years old something Maybe we like have. that and he wins this contest and you got to hear this tape because he does not sound like a kid. I mean, he's like he, Glenn's saying how bad he was here, but Glenn did not sound bad on the air. He was, I mean, for a kid, I mean, he sounded like a seasoned professional, like you talking up these tracks. Job, You're good. Don't worry about huh? it. You're already working here. You don't I, have to suck up to him. He's all right. I, look, I make fun of Glenn <laughs> just as much as anybody on this network, and I stand by my record on that. In fact, so, I think, actually, I've heard it. I, I don't know that we've ever played it on the air. That's what I was trying to think. Um, and he doesn't sound bad at all. No, I mean, but, but for 13, he sounds like expect. an adult. Yes, absolutely. That, he sounds better than what you expect. Right, absolutely. Not that it's just this unbelievable tape. It just yes. doesn't sound like a kid. No, it, it just does sounds not. like a guy that you would hear. Just, and I was know. just told, that Howard Stern movie, 1997. Do you believe that? That was only 20 years. 20, 18 crap. years ago. Unbelievable. But the, And the other thing, too, when, when he said, oh, you weren't the cool kid, and, and you know, this was getting you all these, you know, because you are getting... Glenn was a magician. <laughs> See, and he was unathletic, didn't know anything about sports, and he would practice magic tricks all day long. So, have I even my record out now? Yes. <laughs> yes, you absolutely have. Oh, yes. so, uh, so as everybody knows, Glenn had funny. his uh, sort of dark period there where he was the alcoholism, the drug abuse, and everything else. And so I think, I think in this next clip, Howard, Howard asked him about, uh, did he parlay this into, uh, you know, in a typical Howard question, uh, with, with, uh, into magic with the ladies so let's check it out when you were a jack dj daniels. jack daniels was your thing yeah but you were doing harder drugs too right you got into uh, I did, a little... did coke i you know right uh, you did... party hard yeah did you start to meet women then i mean did you, you got you were yeah, married I mean, once if before, you're doing right? all this you gotta have really? women there was right? no debauchery no were you not i mean I, I saw some of your old morning zoo commercials and stuff i mean you were an attractive guy you, you yeah, had uh, no. some, you had a good job you were the no. morning man you never you never weren't that guy parlay this into women because no, <laughs> i just i mean <laughs> how dare you i just I don't, you're I an embarrassment to radio i was married my entire time so i never picked up on it either i mean there's always girls on the Hotline. Yeah. Your first no. marriage, though, what age did you get married? 18. 18. Oh. That's a mistake, right? Would you, would you <laughs> advise your kids no. never get married that young? Yeah. Yeah. You just don't know you yourself. You don't know who you are. Why do you think you did it? I find radio very lonely. You're very insecure. You're, you're being evaluated every day was, with ratings. I think I was lonely. I think, um, uh, you know, I think I had kind of a, a mom complex kind of thing. I mean, you know, uh, and I really wow. wanted, I really wanted somebody to love me. Right. I mean, I think people get into radio because they're pretty. They think at least they're pretty unlovable. Right. And so, if you do it right, which I didn't, but if you do it right, I mean, Howard, that's your best friend. Your microphone is your best friend. Right. Yeah. It doesn't ever reject you. <laughs> right. You it does, I mean? It's it's it really it's always is, there. It's, it's always phenomenal. There. Not, wow. Not, 
Yeah. That's a good interview. Howard Stern. That's good stuff. That's, that's good stuff. I'm, just, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to the whole thing now. Yeah, I'll have to check it out on. I get what is it on? Just the. I don't know. We'll probably be posting more clips. I'm sure on the. Blaze we will post more but clips, but they send out a link, okay? <laughs> get the free download. <laughs> Um, but it's not entirely true that Glenn uh, didn't parlay uh, this big success into any ladies. Because uh, if you remember, he met Tanya at, at, an event, at right? a remote, one of these you know cheesy right. remotes that you do, that that local radio hosts always have to do. Like, hey, we're down at uh, Ted's gas station. We'll be here from <laughs> one to two. We got hot dogs. We got T-shirts. We got all kinds of good stuff. Got some CDs. Got some CDs. Got some CDs. Yeah, well, then, we'll uh, be here till four thirty. You know, Bozo, the uh, you know mascot cloud, will be down here too for the station. It's fantastic. Come on down, bring the kids, have a good time. And then one hundred seven point three, we're selling gas. One hundred seven point three a gallon just today, <laughs> today only. Right. You can see why a lot of these DJs in the eighties and nineties became alcoholics because uh, I mean, there's only what nothing. I mean, nothing you agree with that? Like, I, I, mean, I absolutely. You're out agree at Ted's gas station. My gosh, I'm at Ted's gas like... station. There were times <laughs> I was happy to do the gambling boat. Okay. <laughs> Where they give you 300 bucks cash as you walk off. And it's the, only, the worst thing about that is that you were stuck on that yeah. damn boat for about four and a half, five hours. <laughs> but you just go out. You go out and they wanted entertainment before they got to international waters where people gamble. Where they could legally could gamble. That, oh, that's so, right. That's in Tampa. So you thing? get so you get on the ship and they, they <laughs> yeah, feed people the all water. you can eat buffet. You show up, <laughs> you tell a couple of jokes, promote the radio station. <laughs> Have a good time. You're done. How fa can we just You're done. can we just pause for a minute on how fantastic of an idea this is for the gambling boat? Oh, to get out into international America. <laughs> water and just start letting it's the America. dice. Fly. That's America. I saw some of the greatest, first of all, and it's easy, and it really is. You tell a couple jokes, and then you, you walk around the boat. You either gamble, and you lose the money right. that, you, that, you just, that they're going to pay you at the end of the night, <laughs> or you spend it on booze, or you walk around bored and wait to get your cash. And I, you know, a lot of times, at that point, I had pretty much given up drinking. And pretty much given it up by then. And, hey, well, this is a period of Jeffy's life that I've never heard. Hey, of. Well, I mean, usually and, you're reveling in. Yeah, this I sort know, of but thing. I know, but I just needed the cash. And uh, so, do you drink now? No, very, very little. Once so, in a so while. So it's not like a full rule that. No, you I have. didn't quit because I was an alcoholic. I just quit because I got tired of being drunk. I figured I needed to go through a couple of days sober. And I, you know, if I feel like, can I play Jeffy here for a minute? What? Like, what? <laughs> Why? That's a terrible if idea. If there's ever a time in my life that I feel like, man, I really could use a good ice cold beer and a shot of snap sounds good. I do it. I mean, I love it. I still, it still tastes good. Okay. It tastes great, but I just don't want to, you know, sit down and drink 24 cans of beer and half a bottle of snaps and go oh. out, go out partying after that. I'll keep playing. I'll keep playing the role of Jeffy here. I'm not, I know. I'm what, not getting. I, I, the, I don't understand. I'm not so getting the logic here. What do you mean? This sounds English? like a fantastic. Twenty-four cans of beer. English. I mean, we used not, to go out on that. Anyway, when we were out on that ship, what they did, <laughs> the, the, they'd feed all the people uh, a big buffet, all you could eat, and that's when you'd be out there and you'd tell your jokes and laugh, and they'd have other people come, you know, and you'd get welcome, listen to the station, ha ha ha, thanks for coming, and then you're done. Well, all those people show up on the stupid boat and eat all this free food, and then they get out on the water, and you don't feel so good. They get, <laughs> they get I'm telling you, I saw some of the greatest projectile vomit. Oh man! If only, ever. They, if only they had periscope. Ever. If only they had periscope back. Oh in, my gosh! Back in that day. Oh my gosh! That would have been. 
Code green level three. <laughs> Code green level three. And I mean, they would just take off. And when you walked outside the boat, you'd walk around, walk the outer perimeter of the boat, and then you'd go back inside to the bar. It always had that post were really clean, but they're still puke in the carpet smell. Really, I mean, that's it's bad. That's disgusting. But, they, uh, but they, hey, they, give me my 300 bucks cash at the end of the night. I'm out. Have a nice day. <laughs> they, uh, in that Stern interview, they also covered about the crazy things that Glenn would do back in the uh, the crazy morning show days. Yes, whack, whack. And, but the, it was really, like, morning zoo radio was really a weird uh, animal in the 1980s. Because now it's just, you know, you're, you're trying to do the best program you can, you can do. And yeah. you, then it was like all-out war on each other. So no stations would, I mean, I still remember the, you know, the Power Pig, you know, FLZ, you know, they, I heard, I wasn't there for all these, but I heard the stories oh, they attacked about how, them. you know, if, if you had a, a promotion, you speaking of these promotion events, if you tried to put one of these things on, you, I mean, you had to have like National Garden to protect from the other stations <laughs> coming in and messing with it, you know, I mean... You know, they'd have one, you know, event, they'd find out about a high, you know, profile event that they're having for clients. You know, these big clients, they're trying to wine them and dime them and everything. And they're bussing in, you know, the other station would then bus in a bunch of homeless people to show up for the food and just tell them to be all, you know, they just I'm get glad in there. I never was part of anything <laughs> like that, ever. That would be just completely unacceptable. So you were the homeless person they shipped in? Is this what, free and that's food. how you got your job? Okay, all right, fair it's enough. Free food. But, uh, but I didn't know Glenn, I was pre, I was post-alcoholic days. Um, but I was kind of on the edge of it, so he was just coming out of the thing. So, like, I mean, if you if you're relatively new to the Glenn Beck, you know, universe within the last few years, you're seeing a relatively mild yes, you are. and calm version of Glenn Beck, the old classic, uh, yes, you know, you of you guys that have been around since kind of the beginning of the talk radio days. You remember the Goms, the get off my phones when he would just go ballistic. On callers, and so like he was generally in in the right frame of mind most of the time, but then he would just go off the handle and just you know just you know the drive hasn't stopped though. I mean, my gosh, we you know instead of technology has just seemed to curb the drive. You know, in, in those days we'd show up at the station eight hours before showtime and lay out a show and change the show eighty times right. before you'd go on the air. And now it's just email. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. it's just everybody's at their home at their home getting 80,000 emails yeah. doing the same thing for yeah. 8 to 10 hours. So the drive is still there. It's just the the uh the technology has changed and his attitude as far as uh Well, he wants to be more of a, a he doesn't want to be flying off the handle and no, super angry all the time. United I mean, I remember Jeffy, this is this was my Glenn Beck flashback story I was going to bring to the table today. Oh boy. Uh was uh now when Glenn first started, again, this is just coming off the tail end of the alcoholic days and, and the rage monster. And, um, is this? and so he's so at the, the, the tradition at FLA was to, you know, at the end of a shift, the host shift, the next host would come in at the, in the last segment and just kind of sit down at the table. And then you'd say, oh, hey, you know, so and so is coming up. And what do you what do you got going on in your show tonight? It was kind of like handing off the. You know the the kind of the mantle to the yeah, next, work. To the next host, and, and so you yeah, just come in and sit down. Or, but Glenn didn't know this. Glenn didn't know that this was a tradition at the station. So in the first couple of days, uh, a guy named Mark Biro was a very nice man, and I think wasn't he like a, a boxing judge I'll, or something? I'll, I'll tell you some stories so, about Mark. Biro. So, but hold on, really well, hold on. I know. Finish your story. I'll go Mark, Mark Biro's the, the, 
Mark was just the he's the uh, you know unlucky participant in this story. But uh, so Glenn is finishing up the show on this extremely passionate monologue, and man, I wish I knew what the topic was. <laughs> I, I cannot I remember I the topic. Either. But he is in the zone. He is in the Glenn Beck zone. You've all seen it, where he's just you just get out of his way. When Glenn gets in this zone and he's just you know nailing something, you get out of his way. So so he's on the air doing this monologue. And he's probably 20 minutes into it or whatever, and he's just hitting the peak. And so Mark comes in because it's the next, it's time for the next show. So Mark comes strolling on into the studio. And Glenn, and he sits down right next to Glenn. And Glenn's just like, of course, distracted. And he's just on the air. He doesn't pause or go to break or anything. On the air, he just looks at this guy and he goes, Looks back at the control and us. He's like, "Who is this freak? Get this freak out of my studio!" <laughs> and he just goes off, and he's like, "Get out! Get out!" I'm in the middle, blah blah blah. And he's just—I mean—and I—and we're just jaws on the floor. And he, and poor Mark, goes steaming off, and we had to go, you know, talk him from out of shooting up the place. Oh, but, yeah, well, Mark's uh, not. Nah, yeah. No, Mark, no, no, Mark, he wouldn't know. I'll, he was great. But, I know uh, they're after us to break, but I'll tell you one quick, my, one of my favorite Mark Biro stories. He used to do <laughs> boxing as the ring announcer in boxing. And he would, uh, uh, and he also did battle bots. If you remember the battle bots uh, yes. on, uh, on Comedy Central TV. He it's was still in, going. I keep seeing promos for it right I now. I hope Mark's anyway. a piece of that. And, uh, <laughs> so he would announce the luminaries at all these boxing events. So whenever you would go, you would hope to be the luminary. So I remember going to at least one of those events and being a luminary at the beginning of the boxing match where he goes, you know, join us tonight, this fighter, this fighter, this fighter. And we have the heavyweight champion, uh, Golden Glove champion from Saginaw, Michigan, Jeff Fisher. You stand up, the crowd goes crazy, you get the announcement. That's my boy Mark Brewer right there. That was just a way to promote yourself that you got announced that this this was like a glory. Do we have glory days? Can we queue up glory days where Jeffy just had his moment <laughs> this, this in the sun? A, it I must have been a really nice Mark. They, he had, they, but it was Mark was probably desperate. He's looking around, going, "There's nobody here." Gosh dang it! I got nobody to freaking announce uh, here. Oh, Jeffy! All right, Holy fine, crap. Jeffy. Uh, Jeffy, I'm surprised Holy. he didn't announce you as like the uh, I didn't think about that. You know, the hot dog eating champion or something for bad. the day. You know, it's but bad that he actually announced me. That means there's nobody there. <laughs> oh, go to the break. But uh, but anyway, so that's yeah, yeah, but. We've got more Rachel, by the way. She's uh, she hasn't stopped, and uh, there is more unbelievable stuff on her coming up. Nice. She has not stopped her. I'm starting to be a fan. <laughs> Gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-630-6720. That's 800-630-6720. Oh, hi. Welcome to Pat and Stew, minus Pat and Stew. You know, the phones still work if you want to use them, 888-727-BECK. Dan Andros, join us on the Jeffy. show with Thank you. the Pat and Stew without Pat Thank and Stew, you. Jeffy and Dan. 
right? No, I, I don't know how many times I've said this, but Twitter has already spoken. <laughs> they've, they've named the show Fat and Dan, and I don't see how we can... I mean, we look, can't, that, you can't that ship's already Twitter. sailed, so just... You can't argue just, Okay, so we, I teased it a little bit yesterday, but June 6th, D-Day. Prisoners broke out of a New York penitentiary. And now the search has gone completely cold. The state official briefed on the investigation said Monday that the search... We don't know where they're at. It's cold. Investigators found what they believe were several human tracks, and the bloodhound possibly picked up a scent. But promising clues last week, but since then authorities have come up with little to point where these guys are. Um, it's been unbelievable. So 10 days, 10, 11 days, right there on the road. I love these guys. They, broke, they break out. They use uh, hacksaw blades, chisels, a punch, a screwdriver bit. And they were all there with uh, the help of this prison guard, Mitchell, whatever the heck her first name was, uh, she helped them, and now she's going to go to, well, she pled not guilty. I'm jumping ahead a little bit because I, she made me, uh, the authority, she was charged with supplying contraband, including all the tools, and she pled not guilty to that. She's been suspended without pay. She, we were paying her $57,000 a year at this prison to oversee the inmates who sew clothes and learn to repair sewing machines. What a valuable service she is providing there. I'm a valuable service. And there's <laughs> also reports that she was having, she had sex with the one guy, the one prisoner, and they found out about it, so they took him out of the class. And then the other guy showed up. So I can't remember if it was Sweat or the, or the other wait, guy. Wait, 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 there wait, were hold two. On. Hold on a second. So you're saying that they found out about the sex thing, and yeah, the, she didn't lose her job at that point? No, the first time, because there was not enough proof. So the first time is there wasn't enough proof, and it was, uh, all right, now I've got to find, find the story here, because I'm going down. She supplied this, and um, uh, then she was going to help them. She was going to help the fugitives, Richard, Matt, and David Sweat. And I think it was Matt was the first one, and then Sweat was the second one, but I might have that reversed. So they, there wasn't enough evidence for the first one. She was having uh, some kind of affair in the, in the sewing shop. And then uh, <laughs> and there wasn't enough evidence. But they got rid of You know, they said, okay, well, there's not enough evidence to actually prove that it's going on. But we still think there are, is, so we're going to keep them apart. And so they moved the one out of the sewing class. But then the other one came in and started the same, having the same affair. So they were in cahoots from the very beginning, and this was a couple years ago. Wow, so that sewing class probably had quite the reputation. No doubt you know, about the it. the prisoner's like, you've got to get in this sewing class, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Would you start oh. fixing the singer? <laughs> You're on it. Okay? You're on it. You're on it. Now, these two guys, I mean, they're dangerous guys. I want to hear their rap fun. sheet. I do want to hear their rap sheet because well, I don't know anything about them. They were sentenced. All right. Sweat serving a life sentence without parole for a 2002 killing of a sheriff's deputy. That's it? And Matt had been sentenced to 25 years to life for kidnapping and killing a man in 1997. I mean, if you, if you take somebody and then you kill them, they always throw on the kidnapping. You can't get around that. <laughs> I mean, they, they figure since you took them, that's kidnapping. If you just killed them right there, they figure then that's just murder. <laughs> You don't get the kid right. that's, that's a funny point. So, <laughs> all right, so this, this then brings up the weird situation that okay. we all do it in movies. Like, now right. you find yourself, are we cheering for these clowns to... to I know, think we kind of are. Because you, you know, part of you on the inside is like, you know what? 
they got, they got out. You know, like if you were to see a movie about this, right? Maybe it sounds ridiculous. Maybe you don't agree with that, right? When I just say it because you hear that they killed these guys. But if you were to watch a movie about these guys, and you know, and they're just, it's just they're constant trying to figure out ways to get out, and they don't really focus on the crime so much, and it's just like, how do we beat this system? And of how course, how do we get out? Right. And of course, they would have you believe that uh, these this is what they were sentenced for, but they were not guilty of those crimes. Right. So. You know. So, but then, you know, then you start, like, a movie can do a good job of just saying, like, you know, getting you into that mode where now you want them to beat, you want them to figure out how to beat the guard. Maybe, maybe the, you know, uh, maybe the warden's a jerk, you know, maybe he's, maybe, you know, like in uh, Shawshank Redemption, you know, the warden is just taking some money on the side and hiding it in his Bible, which, you know, (laughs) now it just dawned on me, I just may have ruined a portion of Shawshank Redemption, the perfect movie of all time, but of course the warden's got to be a Bible thumper that's, you know, hiding extra cash, and he's worse than all the criminals in there, the the religious supposed And reminiscent a little of Shawshank, I mean, these guys broke through a brick wall, (laughs) <laughs> uh, they cut through the backs of their adjacent cells, and then they cut into a steam pipe and crawled through that. And they finally emerged outside the prison walls through a manhole. I mean, they know the route that they took because they left. Well, they're reporting one, and there's the picture of the manhole. They're reporting one wow. post-it note at the end of the prison saying, have a nice day. But there are other reports saying that there were more post-it notes along the way. So they may have been saying, screw you, screw you, have a nice day at the end. And look at that. The media gets right in there with them and presents the I know. The, the funny one. They pick the right. witty sticky right. note. They have and, a nice uh, day, not the ones that right, were bad. Yeah. Right, right. Um, you know, this reminds me of, uh, you know, getting into that dilemma of do you cheer for them or not, you know, which at this point, I mean, I'm not. But, you know, but there are, I watched a show a while back, and it was on these real-life Ocean's Elevens, uh, Ocean Eleven type criminal gangs like these you know super skilled groups of guys steal from rich people yeah but but you watch this and it's like you know and the same thing happens in oceans 11 you're just you know ah so they're stealing from a casino big deal it's you know they won't even notice it's gone but uh but you know it was amazing to me that these that there were actually real groups out here that are successful at this stuff and there was one in particular that was one of the best it was impossible i would argue it was impossible not to cheer for this crime and uh, that it came off because they, in the middle of the day, it was somewhere in like Argentina or something like that, but they, they stage a you know hostage situation at this bank, and it's in the middle of the day. You know, TV's covering it live. It's like, well, how are, these guys are surrounded. The SWAT teams are in right. there. Like, how are they going to get out? And so they had, you know, they were just stalling and stalling. You know, on the phone the negotiator, I, these ridiculous demands like, I need a pizza, I need this, blah blah blah. Well, at some point, they kind of, uh, I forget how they did it exactly. It's been a while since I've seen the episode, but they keep the stalling going, and the, you know, the, the prisoners all stay in there. The, the hostages, right. and they're staying in there. And at some point, they they go downstairs. Now they had planned this all out ahead of time. They they used some sort of explosive to bust a hole in the wall, and it was that connected right next to a drain, like this huge city drain, like yeah. one of those big ones you can sure. stand up in and walk in. And they had a, it went a couple hundred yards down the road out to like a little river or a bay or something. And they had a boat just waiting During there this for time, them. the negotiations are still So the negotiations on. are going yeah. on. They're telling them to order pizzas and come up with all these crazy things. Now, they made off with like $10 million in jewels and, you know, banknotes and cash. got to be for those guys, right? And everything else. And so they actually got home. So they, while the hostages are sitting there all tied up and whatnot, and they're waiting to order this pizza, you know, the, the guy made the last call. 
the other guys had already been long gone. The, the, the first group of guys had taken the money and left, and they were actually watching the hostage situation at home nice. on their televisions. Nice. <laughs> but uh, so they completely got away with it. And actually, the only reason that people know this story is because one of the guys did get caught because, and this this oh boy, this sums up how he got caught. Got in a fight with his girlfriend. And then she ratted him out. You know, oh, it's always the girl, oh, it's right? Always it's the girl. always the girl. Now, these guys, <laughs> to finish up on the, the New York uh, prison breakout, it's over. They don't know where they're at. It's gone cold. And I think my favorite line was uh, the uh, governor, the governor who hindered their search in the beginning because he had to show up. He said, um, look, we're going to launch an official investigation into escape. And what happened? And how it can be, be be prevented in the future? Well, I don't know. Just keep an eye on the prisoners in the prison, I would say, and hire better people. Yeah, I think we've wrapped it up, Gov. Or maybe have some more government regulations over the sewing class. I love that. And uh, you I know, make that. sure that that you know. Because, we don't want to be crazy and look, stop that situation from happening. Let's just monitor it more closely. Sewing repairmen <laughs> are in such demand that as soon as you get out of prison, you got a job <laughs> like that. You see those sewing repair shops yeah. everywhere. All the time. All the everywhere. Time. Oh, my gosh. Maybe, oh. In a, maybe in a bad porno movie or something. We have, wait, what? I, not that I'd know. I'm just saying. Welcome to Pat and Stew minus Pat and Stew. Bless me, Father, for I've sinned. I, I used to think that this climate change thing was just a hoax, a huge thing. Didn't believe it. Now, with leaked information from the Vatican and the Pope, I believe it's true. That's it's, all I'm saying, Dan. It's, it's raining right now, so of course that means climate raining, change. It's raining from a tropical storm. Right, and of course everyone's warned about okay. these, uh, these tropical storms, blah, blah, blah. But... Uh, yeah, so I don't. I mean, apparently now the Pope is coming out, and and he is. Uh, well, he didn't come out. Apparently, this was a uh, a leaked copy, and people are uh, now uh, trying to translate what it has to say. But um, uh, it, it looks like uh, the current copy reveals some of the thoughts held by the leader, uh, the Pope, about the uh, Earth's environment and humanity's role in it and what has to be done about it what in the future. Think. I don't know. What, what kind of solutions think. do you think he's going to propose? Do you think he's going to go for, uh, I mean, he's a spiritual guy. Maybe he'll go for prayer. It's possible. It's he, possible. Let's see. Yeah. Climate change is mostly due to human activity and the burning of fossil fuels. Oh, was this that a direct revelation? It doesn't revel sound like prayer. Was this a no, it doesn't sound like it's leading in that way. But was this I want was this a direct revelation he received or did he like from God or from media matters? I, I don't know. Ooh, we're not sure. I don't know that it's, it's they haven't translated that far yet. They have not translated okay. So, yeah, keep going. What does it say here? He also has a message for those who might deny oh boy. Oh no. You deniers. Deny. Uh, he used the D or, word. Or downplay the role that human activity has contributed toward it. Um, attitudes that hinder <clears throat> the ways of solution, even among believers, ranging from denial of the problem to just indifference to comfortable resignation or 
blind faith in technical solutions. Blind? What does he mean by that? In technical solutions? I mean, I, I, I'm wondering what he, that, that'd be interesting to see a, uh, a, a more of a what he's actually talking the about. The new there. universal solidarity. I look, anything that has solidarity in it, I'm in. I'm in. You just throw out the word solidarity and I'm in. I'm all for it. The Pope is too. The Pope is really all for solidarity. <laughs> oh, good gosh. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. That's a, that's, a, that's a good question. Attitudes that hinder the ways of solution, even among believers, ranging from denial of the problem of indifference to comfortable resignation or blind faith in technical solutions. That's got to be a translation problem, because I don't know that that actually... Well, it was translated via Google Translate. So oh, well, never mind, it's correct. Why, why, why bother go getting That's an actual then. expert and someone who speaks you the can't, languages this was to... Leaked. This was leaked. You can't, you can't just sneak back into the Vatican and say, hey, what is Frank trying to say here? You can't, you can't do that. You've got to just use Google. Just got to use Google. That's just it. go straight to Google. That's, That's my trusted source. There's no, nothing could possibly go wrong with the automated translation. No, no because your voice uh, commands it. work perfectly every time. <laughs> every time. And autocorrect doesn't... Oh, gosh. Don't even get me started on autocorrect. I mean, I, I think I must... I don't know. Like, I, You know how there's a little let you X out the autocorrect? Mm -hmm. I just never do it. I, for some reason, I keep typing the thing, and I'm like, just get it. Can't you just get what I'm typing? But then you have to do it like four times before it finally believes you that that's what you want to type. Right. Do you actually exit? I don't, I'm stubborn. I just keep, do you, yeah, no, I just I keep going. So anyway, maybe, maybe I'm alone but, on that. Uh, no, but, I'm um, actually going to try that and see if it finally gets it. All right, let me know. Let me know how it goes. But uh, look at here. He's, you know, he's calling out deniers, which, uh, you know, people who are denying the problem. And... It's a good thing he's doing that because uh, the Daily Caller just reported that America's most advanced climate station is now showing just how bad this problem is. Oh, boy. And there's actually a 10-year cooling trend. <laughs> so thank God that he sent the Pope to go ahead and clear this one up because, uh, wait, did I say cooling trend? Yes, you did. Oh, I, I was just, I thought I said warming because of the... This is so ridiculous. These climate stations. I, mean, I want to see where these climate stations... Do we know where these climate stations are? Well, I remember Stu did a report a while back, and he showed all of the ones like that they used to show the warming, and they were like yeah. in the middle of a giant you know, parking lot of you know, asphalt, so the well, temperature was, like, of course, going to be way higher than it uh, About 10 years be. ago, though, I was reminded... I was talking to uh, a gentleman uh, last night who is uh, the spokesman, all-seeing, all-knowing guru for the one of the shale uh, companies here in, mm -hmm. in Texas. And he was talking about the climate uh, measures that they put out about 10 years ago and made a big deal about putting them out and saying, hey, we're going to put these out and we, they're in perfect places so we won't ever have to worry about uh, adding to or taking away like they were doing. And then they never said anything about them. So I have a feeling that they went way against what they had planned on, right, yeah, like the global cooling. Those things Ooh. vanished. Ooh, no. sorry. Let's what happened go. to those? We don't have anybody to check them. Right. They're all... They're all <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. If we could find somebody to get out there and check those temperatures, we would. Right. And meanwhile, they just put them all into the middle of the, you know, you know African desert or right. something. And, and they also like check them. I the think, hottest place imaginable. I think their new way of checking them, too, the, the ocean temperatures. We were talking about this, too. The old way used to actually, they'd actually take a bucket off of ships and measure the temperature of the waters. And now they have a new system that they check the temperature of the water that goes through the ships as the ships are moving through the ocean. So they can't 
the reading can't be 100% right because, A, it's inside the bow, which is warmer than the ocean, right? And the water is moving, so it's already it's creating some sort of friction heat from the movement. So, and so right there, it's already warmer. Yeah. And for, for us to think we can get some sort of an accurate portrayal of the temperatures of, on the Earth is one of the more preposterous things you could possibly come up with. I mean, wow. I, I remember, a you remember the uh, last oil spill out there when Obama shut everything down after it uh, in the Gulf? The horror of that last the horror, horror spill. Remember it? Yes. A duck had to shake himself off, you know, because there was some <laughs> You know how much Dawn was used on those animals, okay? But uh, I, I should look up how many gallons of oil, you know. I mean, here's this thing. Oh, it was shooting. Huge. I mean, it was... I mean, it was no, but built. but they, they but listen to how vast the size of the ocean is compared to it might even have been just the Gulf. It was. But, but they were saying that all of that oil, the thousands and whatever it was, gallons of oil that spewed out into this. Yeah, thing, remember the camera shots of it spewing out from underneath the yeah. from underneath and the platform. And they just have a live cam of yeah. it going. Well, that was the equivalent of putting one soda can in the middle of the uh, you know the New Orleans. Your stadium and, <laughs> and spilling it that's that's what the equivalent of it was so oh you can't like, joke around about that i don't know i'm not joking around that can't be true that can i'm gonna not, look you're it up. telling lies on this show we're i'm gonna look it up take a break and get out of here i won't have you telling lies on the show about that kind of stuff i hope i can won't. I, hope I, can I don't care it. if there's no bad to or not media matters lying about that. please host comparison to soda can <laughs> false false Welcome to uh, Pat and Stu minus Pat and Stu with uh, Jeffy and Dan. We were talking a little bit about the oil spill uh, in the Gulf of Mexico, and, and Dan used an example. <laughs> and I knew. <laughs> I knew he wasn't right. Well, no. I, okay, I knew it. I knew you weren't right. You gave that whole little soda can right. dropped into a stadium thing Look, I didn't have about the oil spill. 210 million gallons yes, I know. were lost in the Gulf of Mexico. It sounds <laughs> like a lot. It okay. sounds like a lot. Uh, yeah, now, let's, see you, let's see you change that. You can't. 210 million gallons. That see? is a lot. A lot of uh, fish, you know, had to, they were just swimming in a sea of uh, oil. Uh, I'm sorry, Jeff. Uh, uh, of I, course, I, I, the problem with that is that the Gulf of Mexico is made up of 643 quadrillion gallons. Uh, you can't now, even see the, you, you could not even see the Gulf of Mexico. Now it's just covered in oil. <laughs> now, if you're like me, you had to look up quadrillion and where it falls on the list of numbers, and it is actually after trillion. <laughs> so you have to go from 210 million, then you have to get up to the billions, then you have to keep going all the way from that to a 999, you know, to, to a tr to a trillion. Then you have to go all the. Think of how big. Nine hundred ninety-nine trillion. Oh my! Oh, well, really? Then Seriously. you have to get to quadrillion. Can we, can we honestly forget trying to measure <laughs> how much water is in the Gulf of Mexico? And joking, I mean, obviously we don't want the oil companies certainly don't want to lose two hundred and thirty million or two hundred ten million gallons of, of crude. Yeah, that's the real uh, tragedy here is to the yeah. economy. I mean, right. Forget the bird. Go the to the Gulf of fast. Mexico. Go to the, stand on the Gulf of Mexico. Oh my gosh, I lived in Tampa Bay for twenty years. 
Go to the Gulf of Mexico and look out across the Gulf of Mexico. Now, you know there's land over there. You don't see it. <laughs> you know there's land all around the Gulf of Mexico. You know, way out there, there's ships, huge ships, that if you were standing next to, you would be dwarfed. But you can't see them. Why? Because they're covered in oil. <laughs> they're covered in oil. That's why. Yes, I forgot to say they're covered in oil. That's exactly right. Oh, man. It's bad. But anyway. Now, so, I know I we, we got argue. carried away with, yes. the, with the oil. Because, Dan, yes. uh, first of all, uh, there's ice cream sandwich story here on this paper. Oh, today. yeah. Let's, let's get on now, to the important They talk about stuff. 15 creative ice cream sandwich recipes. Um, hello? What? First you can of all, make I your own. I've made, I don't know that you need to reinvent the wheel on ice cream sandwiches. They're just fantastic. But I'm all ears. I'm all ears so, on new food. Natasha, creation, if you just so. want to wheel the 15 different examples of ice yeah. cream sandwiches Bring in, them in. Here comes we'll the let you know Natasha. if they're any good or not. Because we don't. I believe it, it is a constitutional uh, amendment that uh, we can't do food stories without that particular food being on the program. But we can start out with peanut butter and banana ice cream sandwiches. Ooh, I don't know that I... I mean, I would try it. I, would, I wouldn't say no to that. It would depend on how much peanut butter... And I, there's a picture. Is that is that the peanut butter? It looks good. Anyone? That looks it good. does look good. Oh, wait. They did it with the uh, the crust. That's, uh, that yeah. looks very interesting. Yes, it does. I am very interested in that. And it's, I'm so glad Natasha has them all here ready yeah, for us to Yeah, we can see how the peanut butter crust so, is. Because we can it's taste... Good. Oh, no, wait, no. We just have to guess. But, okay, what's the next one? <laughs> oh, maple we'll to, walnut blondie ooh, ice cream we'll sandwiches. Those. Oh, those look good, too. That. Okay, I want ice cream sandwich. Wow. Peanut butter amazing. and jelly ice cream sandwiches? Uh, maybe. I'd rather have peanut butter and jelly on top. But toast. see, I like the way, look at that. Those are, those are, uh, those are what, cute. What kind of cookies are those that it's made in? That's those awesome. Are, they are. Now, yeah. are these just that people did them, or is this like a store that's actually selling them? No, I, think we, this is just, I think this is just BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed coming up with different ice cream sandwiches. So they went versions. like on, you know, Pinterest or something and. Yeah. You know what's always funny to do, by the way, is to try these things. You're like, oh, look at this great recipe that somebody did. And then, you, I mean, ice cream sandwiches you might be able to pull off, but then a lot of these things that look cute, like, oh, you know, make kitty cat cupcakes, you know, and you're like, all right. Oh, right. And then they, they come out looking like, you know, uh, some axe murderer <laughs> when well, you're sadly, done with it. I've been <laughs> all right with the axe murderer, okay, look, to be honest fair with you. But sadly, my wife does that. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's good at it. She she's, does actually. She's a good one. So it does come obviously out looking she's very, like it's Obviously, to. she's very good at it. I mean, as we can all tell. But let's quick, let's go through she some She follows the constitutional amendments. When we talk about food, the food is there. Hey, I'm all for it. Uh, lemon and toasted coke. I'm not a fan of coconut ice cream. Uh, all these would be good, though. Carrot cake carrot and cake. ice cream, blueberry. Chocolate I do. peanut butter, that's a no-brainer. Raspberry brownie, awesome. Mint Ooh. chocolate chip, thank you. Sweet corn Love. ice cream sandwiches, no thank you. No chocolate waffle, thank you. Chocolate waffle, absolutely. So, your little. Okay, I, welcome to Patent Stew. Yes. Uh, welcome to Patent Stew, minus Patent Stew. Dan Andros, Jeff Fisher joining. Yeah, yeah, thanks for coming. We appreciate you being here. Now, we're still in the middle of Smack Dab. We're going to go get to Rachel Dozal because oh, there's, some, there's some great stuff 
added on to the Rachel Dolezal story. She just keeps going. She just keeps, she does. She's it's not, a, she does keep going. She doesn't stop talking, and she keeps saying more and more unbelievable things. Her latest claim will blow. It's just ridiculous. Plus, there are some other things that we became aware of today that you're going to like. Rachel looks pretty good. Oh. Yes, Rachel has a bit of a, uh, I mean, not only a racial, but a racy past, huh? You, you know what you I'm saying? Da, 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 you, you can't tell that she's white. <laughs> no, it's very difficult to tell. Yeah. It's very difficult to tell. Yeah. But, yeah, I just wanted to follow up. on. Can we follow up on my We have statistic? to follow up on the oil, on the BP spill, because we found out that there were 230 million. 210 million gallons. I'm like one of, I'm like one of the... The global warming people. I just keep adding. Yes, you just on. keep adding to it. There's 250 million gallons of oil that spilled from the BP. You know that they didn't report everything. You know they didn't. So it had to be at least <laughs> 250 million. Now your little example of a soda can inside a stadium full of water. <laughs> well, I think that is probably what I found, but I, I couldn't find that wherever I read that. Oh, uh, so it just miraculously disappeared. You could just, oh, I couldn't have just made it up. Almost I mean, like saw. the oil disappeared in the 643 <laughs> quadrillion gallons of water sitting there in the Gulf of Mexico. You can't go in the Gulf um, of Mexico now without seeing oil. Wait. So, what? yeah. So anyway, so I did find from the Telegraph, they had a guy and he, an expert, and he, and he did the math. And it wasn't the soda thing, but it okay. makes sense. It, you can, you'll see. That it's the spill is the equivalent of less than a drop in an Olympic-sized swimming pool, <laughs> and for all but a tiny, tiny bit of the Gulf, it will be back to normal within a year. So, so their their stance was this was pretty funny because at the time everyone's calling it. They said that you know the president called it a disaster, yeah, and, and all these other crazy things going on, and and they go, we think these claims might. Be exaggerated. What? No. The the climate alarmist people never exaggerate their claims, as we saw yesterday when they were so showing bad. Manhattan underwater by uh, 2015. So bad. And on ABC a News. drop in the Olympic-sized pool would be about, about a, can a can in the stadium in the pool stadium. water. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. All right. Media matters. <laughs> the address makes a baseless accusation. False. False. <laughs> This is so great. Here's a picture of a a seagull with oil on his back. And BP, these companies, they just capitulated to that, too. I mean, they They just bend over. I can't take it. What did they pay out? Like $20 or something? Oh, yeah, they still have money in an account, I think, that that people are fighting for. Well, that's why the government goes after them so much. I mean, they know that this was a drop in the ocean, literally. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but hey. Did the the guy at BP, did he even keep his job? (laughs) Didn't the head guy run away after that? Probably. I mean, I think he did. Wasn't he in trouble because they had contacted him? He was out on his yacht or something. I don't know when it was happening, and he's like, you know, I'm, guess what? There's phones on my yacht. I can tell you what's going on. <laughs> I mean, it was bad. Yeah, that, that's well. Ridiculous. Then Obama called the big meeting in to shame them all, right? And yell at them. It was. Oh my gosh, that's that was right. the disaster. And then they, you know, then the government oh. gets the big windfall out of it. Who's the greedy one here? Oh. Um, but all right, so let's. We have got to move on to Rachel here because we cannot leave any of this on the table. Uh, where shall we start? She just keeps talking, uh, and she looks like she went on NBC News last night to use an interesting uh, way to describe the blatant lies she's been telling that she's black when in actuality she's white. Let's see the clip. Let me just ask you plainly, have you ever lied about your race? 
No, because oh. have I been asked, are you human or not human, right? So, so yeah, those words race, like race in a in a as a construct again as a fluid understanding. So I would say no. <laughs> Do you feel you've been deceptive at all? I really feel like there have been moments of some level of creative nonfiction where I, in order to again survive or protect people that I love, I have um, kind of had to explain or justify some of the timeline and logistics of my life in a way that made sense to others. So yes. I've I mean, tried to find words that have what? been able to communicate right. my reality to, to people that, are, that, that I'm talking to, right. um, understanding what their perceptions of the definition of race, culture, and ethnicity might be. Oh, but just as a human being, you know right. when someone asks you, are you black? Are you African-American? Mm. You know exactly what they're asking Thank you. you. <laughs> and for you to say yes, is that an honest answer, knowing what their question is? When somebody asks, are you black, which I actually don't get asked very often. Um, you think? Until recently, since a few days ago. Then <laughs> because say, you're not yeah, black. I, I do. Yeah, I, I am black. Uh -oh. you, you don't get asked that a lot, yeah. question a lot because you are not black. That's why well, no one asks I mean, if you're black. She portrayed herself white. as being black for a, for a number of years and worked for the NAACP. And so you automatically assume, even though the NAACP says that it's not, uh, it's okay uh, if you're not black to work for them. It's not a disqualification uh, if you're white or another race that you could still work for them. I would guess that most of the people there are black. Right, but the but she's just being crafty with words. Oh my because, gosh, we're gonna. I want to hear that clip again before question, we even move on. If she's yes, we, we'll go back to it. In a second. We'll go back to it in one second. But she's she's saying like, well, no one asked me if I'm black. Well, you were pretending to be black. The question she probably got was, are, are you white? You're you look white. So if that's right. if they would ask her, do you ever get asked if you're white? And she would probably said, well, yeah, people ask me all the time because I'm pretending to be black and I'm not. And she says she's trying. The other part that I have a problem with, she says she's trying to. Uh, she's like, I'm trying to find the words to explain right. to people. Do you know why you're trying to find the words, Rachel? Because there are no words. Well, no. You're trying to explain something that just isn't there. There's no there there. And you're trying to find ways to explain something that doesn't exist. And a lot of That's people why it's would difficult. call that um, a lie. <laughs> I'm not real sure. I'm trying I to find the best way to make something up and make it the most ridiculously Thank unbelievable you. thing and I'm trying to make it believable. What would you call It's just that? really my hard. Kids, my kids would call that mm, a lie. <laughs> uh, it's a lie. But uh, please play that first clip. Creative again. nonfiction was I the know. other keyword. Crazy. Yeah, yes, let's play it again. Creative non but yeah. listen to the she is really a wordsmith here. <laughs> Let me just ask you plainly, have you ever lied about your race? Yes. No. It's never <laughs> Have I been asked, are you human or not human, right? So, so yeah, those words race, like race in a, in a, as a construct, again, as a fluid understanding. So I would say no. Do you feel you've been deceptive at all? I really feel like there have been moments yeah, of here. some back, level of creative nonfiction where I, in order to, again, survive or protect people that I love, I have um, kind of had to explain or justify some of the timeline and logistics uh -huh. of my life in a way that made sense to others. Right. So I've tried Present. to find words that have 
been able to communicate my reality to people that are that, right. that I'm talking to. So you're in a um, fantasy Understanding land. Yep. what their perceptions of the definition of race culture this is. Mum, this is uh, mumbo jumbo. But this just is, as a human being, great. do you know when someone asks you, are you black? Are you African American? Mm -hmm. You know exactly what they're asking you. And for you to say yes, is that an honest answer, knowing what the right, question yeah, they is? Never asked you if you when somebody asks, white? are you black, which I actually don't get asked very often. Right. You um, asked if you're white. Until recently, you're you're until a few right. days yep. ago. Then I say, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I, I am black. Yeah. I like the, that. That is amazing. That, I mean, this woman is literally insane. And I, I mean, she's talking about the human. You can't have it both ways here, Rach. She's talking at the beginning. Well, I'm, I'm part of the human race. But you're sitting here saying you're part of the black race. That's what you're saying. Your big claim is that you are part of the black race. So why in the world would you then this, this, try to make your out that you're just part of the human race? Because if that's your big stance then wouldn't you just be claiming all along that you're part of the human race and not the this particular race over here? It makes absolutely no sense. But then again, nothing this woman is saying right. makes absolute sense. Not, I mean, you listen to that, and that's just total garbage, all of that. She's just, I can't believe she's going to continue to get interviewed. I mean, it's... Oh, everybody wants to talk to her, and especially now because she talked about, uh, we learned a little bit about her family uh, and her, her family adopting people, but now she's throwing her folks under the bus completely by saying, I don't even know if they're my parents. This is insane. Given your parents and your heritage, that is at best a misleading answer? Um, I, I can understand that, but again, up to this point, I know who raised me. I haven't had a DNA test. There's been no biological proof that Larry and Ruth Ann are my biological parents. Right? You doubt whether those Ruth Ann and Larry who say they are your parents, you doubt whether they're your parents? I, have, I, I don't, I, I'm just saying I can't prove that. There's a birth certificate that has your name on it and their names on it. Why would you doubt something so fundamental? I'm not necessarily saying that, that I can prove they're not, but I don't know that I can actually prove they are. I mean, the birth certificate is issued a month and a half after I'm born. Um, it's certainly, um, there are no medical witnesses to my birth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Who do you think God. your parents no might medical be? witnesses? That well, I, did, I, I don't know. Great. You know, like I said, I, I just don't feel like I can necessarily say now with the full scrutiny of, can you prove that you are Larry Sands' biological child? That actually has never been proven. Oh, wow. my gosh. So now, I mean, she's a birther, is she not? Is yeah. she not a birther? Absolutely. She I is. mean, Barack Obama, I mean, pff, yeah, there's a birth certificate, but what about it? I mean, do we have any witnesses? Do we have any medical witnesses to this? This argument, I mean, this is just beyond, ex I mean, I wonder if, she, what, what, we need to have somebody call in who's a doctor or some sort of, you know, psychologist or something to tweet us, email us, whatever. I've got to know what this woman has because she has something. I mean, you just, you cannot, and because she talks and presents herself in a way that is mildly, like, she's not like, you know, she's able to hold a conversation, even though what she's saying is completely un I mean, to say that your parents, I mean, DNA, D do a DNA test, right? I mean, to say that your parents say, well, we can't prove it. It's never been proven before because you're just a random person that was born in randomly in Washington. Like, there's no well, look. 
The birth certificate wasn't signed uh, until a month and a half after my birth, so I have no way to prove that those were my parents, for real. Sorry. And you're right. Just don't, how do you you're right. Really I love, respond to I those love, claims? Uh, Savannah Guthrie did a good job. Yes, yeah, she did. And it was great. You know exactly what they're asking. But the problem is, is that some of what she see the whole thing is some of what she says is always the truth. That's a, what makes a great liar. Some of what you say is the truth. So you can always fall back on that. And you're right with nobody asked her if she was black. Everybody asked her if she was white. Right. And so she, so just, she never had to answer uh, if she was black or not. She just had to say, no, she wasn't white. Right. And then despite the fact that she looks like her parents, she grew up in the parents' house, they have the birth certificate, a mountain of evidence to prove that these were your parents. And then she comes on and says, well, nobody can prove that. Prove it. But does she actually deny being white? Let's see if Savannah gets it out of her. Well, I definitely am not white. Ah. I, I, nothing about being white describes who I am. So, so you know, what's the word for it? You know, I mean, I, the lie. closest thing that I can d come to is if, if you're black or white, I'm black. I'm more black than I'm white. So on, on a level of values, um, lived, ex lived experience currently, I mean, just in this moment, that's, that's the answer. That's the accurate answer from my truth. But I do ask, I mean, I hope that the dialogue continues to push against what is race, what is ethnicity. This is amazing. Well, I mean, you're, you're, she uh, put, I, you know what? She's black. I'm definitely care. not white. I mean, I, you know, uh, I mean, de I don't know. Her life experiences, she says lived, lived experiences up to now. She believes she's a black person. I'm, I think I'm with, with Whoopi Goldberg. Let her be black. She believes she's black. Let her be black. What does it matter? But now we're, li we're living in that, you know, two plus two is five world, and it's just nothing. You're just denying reality, <laughs> the reality that's standing here. I don't know what pe why people think I'm white. Because your skin is white, and your parents are white. They're from Germany. And I've done the very best I can idiot. to make myself look black. Dan. Oh, my goodness. Okay. She's a, and by the way, let's just talk about her credibility here. I mean, there should not be any credibility. And I mean, they should be laughing her off of these sets at this point. Now, granted, they're asking her, basically calling her a liar, but they're doing it in as friendly way as, as possible, yeah. even though they did do it. So I give them credit for that, at least Savannah. Well, Gunther. yeah. And Savannah Lauer. Did. Lauer was pretty good, And too. they want, you know, they know that everybody watching it is going, you're white. Right. Like, Stop just, it. Just someone call, if, if, if Glenn or some other conservative was on here trying to do something like this, they would absolutely just pillory them, and they should. I mean, and there's no reason to believe anything this, this chick says. I mean, listen to this. In 2002, she received a Master of Fine Arts from Howard University, and on her art blog, she claims to have majored in experimental studio nice. with a minor in sculpture. Yet, it's been pointed out that HU, Howard University, doesn't offer that major. <laughs> Why are we even listening to this idiot? She's just trying to um, creatively have something nonfiction. And so, uh, view life. look at that. So, viewing her pieces uh, at her blog reveals that Dolzal is truly a talented painter and sculptor. That is, of, of course. course, if she's really the artist. <laughs> yeah, do you uh, at this anything? point, okay. we don't know. But no, I mean, I'm not. going to say that no, she's probably not the no, artist. I would, I, I would bet that too. Uh, I bet that is all a lie. But one, everything, everything, is a lie. everything's a lie. I mean, she can't. I mean, uh, but but one painting on this site uh, is receiving the most attention. It's her acrylic on a panel titled "The Shape of Our Kind," 
A savvy commenter recognized Ooh. the painting as very similar to a painting titled The Slave Ship by Jim. Then there it is right there. Oh, so those are the two sides. Those are side obviously right different. Wow. Oh, man. I don't, I'm not an art critic, so I can't the even tell you which one of those is good. Ship. I would guess the one on the left looks, it looks better, but I, I don't know. I'm probably Really? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know art. I'm not which one is hers? I bet the one on the left is hers? The one on the left is probably hers. Well, I know. Just tell me in my ear. That's why I asked. No, Dole's Elves is on the one, on the one on the left. See? Yeah. See, this is the one on the right is better. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's I what I said. The right. I was just saying left. I meant right. How dare you? See, because I identify. See, this is a problem that I have that uh, I look. Everyone's questioning on me now, and I didn't want to have to come out with it. But when I say left, I really I identify I with apologize. the right. My left I identifies the right. My right I identifies the left. And it's just. I get really confused when people say, like, are you right-handed? And I say, well, no, I'm left-handed. And they're like, well, you're writing with your right hand. And I'm like, well, but I identify this as my left. That's just my reality, and there's no getting she just, around she, it. She, so. I can't believe that she went to cop. This cannot be. If it is hers, she's, just, she's doing what my 8-year-old daughter does. <laughs> Looks at a picture, draws it onto the canvas, and then paints the canvas. So it's, it's beautiful, and it looks pretty close, but it doesn't really count. I mean, it's her painting. It's my eight-year-old daughter's painting, and it's beautiful, but it really isn't her original. Right. No. So it so, doesn't count as her. And if you're copying it, you know, just say, hey, look, this is my uh, version right. of it or whatever. And, and it's still pretty good. I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, I, you know, at least if, that, if she did it, if she's the one if that actually it. wrote right. it. But uh, I don't know if we have time to do it here, Jeffy. Maybe we'll do it after the break. Well, we but she also, I mean, this is a multi-talented woman here, and she also tried her hand at some some pretty racy modeling and uh we've got the pictures oh i gotta see those and uh yeah and so there's right. you know there's a lot to be said about these as well but she's the gift that keeps on giving because she keeps on talking and making crap up more in a minute back it is uh pat and stew minus pat and stew and you have uh fat and dan uh, that was just that simple. I, yeah it's just that simple uh for those right. of you who don't know me let me always quickly introduce myself because you may not be aware that i am the head writer of the glenn beck program and uh it's just a fancy way of saying something that really isn't that fancy at all i i when by head writer we mean only writer okay so uh, does it say, so I'm that, over all does it say the, that on the business card, or does it just say head writer? It just says I head writer. Yeah, okay. It just says head writer. Wow, yeah, you got teams of writers, boy, writing stuff and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's what I love about the, so the, the big shows, the big shows, the network shows that uh, win Emmys, and they bring the entire staff oh. up on stage like, oh, I don't know, you mentioned him yesterday, Jon Stewart. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, dozens of people yeah. 
dozens. That was one of my favorite moments when we left Fox in the last show. Wow. You know, we kind of, they, it was, Stewart had just gotten all his praise for all this writing and stuff, and they've got, you know, 30 something writers or whatever, and they're all up there. And we had that picture, and it, at the time it was just because Pat was doing uh, some writing of segments as well at that time. And so just Pat and I came out. He's <laughs> like, here's my whole writing team. Bring them on out. Let's go. Let's get them uh, out of here. Just, <laughs> is that it? Yep, that's it. All right. That's so, great. but uh, anyway, but Rachel uh, Dole is out. And I, I mean, I, th I think we can all agree we all feel dumber after just listening to this woman for, you know, try to explain herself, uh, trying to explain just a non-reality and trying to make sense of it all. And she's, she's desperately trying to pull off the Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner situation oh, here. Oh, yeah. I mean, she desperately wants that cover of Vanity Fair. And uh, actually, and I think we said that she's yesterday, good. but apparently she wants it probably more than we actually had yeah, suspected. Yeah, she might get it. Because now people are digging into her life and uh, things are starting to come out. For example, she uh, apparently had uh, decided to pose for some pretty seductive photos out of nice. the... Nice. I'm, I'm interested in the setting and the choice of... Here we go. Uh, she's out in the woods, and there she does not appear to have clothing. No, she does not. Now, what do you think? What does this resemble? Wow. What kind of... What, the setting and everything. What does this sort of resemble to um, you? Girl Next Door? No. Not the, I'm not talking about the sights you're looking oh. at, Jeffy. Because she's not next door. She's out in the middle of the woods. <laughs> I mean, I think she's trying to go for some sort of a tribal, you know, she, because remember, she thinks she's, now this one's like a Beyonce shot right here, but, but the other ones, she's like. Still, though, she still has the, uh, she still has the, uh, the weave going, which is eight mm -hmm. feet long. Wow. Rachel. Oh, here we go. Oh, good grief. Yeah, these are the Beyonce shots. <laughs> but she's at, but the other ones where she's she's basically naked, and, and it, I didn't see that one. What's this? She's just... But uh, I, I think she's going for some sort of a, uh, you know, tribal, you know, sort of feel <laughs> out in the woods. You know, she wants the, uh, like, hey, I, I could be on the, you know... You know, yeah, National Geographic yeah. or whatever, one of those yeah, ones yeah. that show these, you know, natives that are out, you know, living on the land. Because that's who she, that's who she is, Dave. That's who she is. I mean, she is getting back that's to who her she roots. Yes. <laughs> I mean. That is who she is. And um, I, you know what? Oh, gosh. Jeffy, we just committed a major party foul here. How do we, how do we show these pictures without warning the viewers first that we were show, showing these pictures? Because there is just no, there's no unseeing that. There, that's there a good really shot. That's a, that's a, that's a professional Photographic beauties. I don't. I, I don't really know what to say to that, Jeffy. You know, I, I'm disturbed, quite frankly. I feel like I need to go for a restraining order <laughs> because I'm sitting far too close to you. <laughs> anyway, um, we talked about uh, the uh, one of the questions that was asked uh, off the air was, I wonder if she took uh, took the position that she had as the head uh, over someone else who was actually really yeah. black. Did That's she, a good question. Did she take the position away from from a, from a from someone who is black who could have uh, had this position and did, did she just uh, you know snatch that one right away? Now they, you know, the NAACP is actually, you know, they're they're going to stand behind her as much as they can. And one of the first stories had them saying uh, one's racial identity is not a qualifying criteria or disqualifying standard for the NAACP leadership. 
Uh-huh. I would actually agree with that. I, I, I'm sure that don't. that's in there. You know, we should have said, if, you know, if you're on the Google right now, maybe go around and start, if we can get somebody to do it, or if, or if, our, or if our producers want to wake up from their slumber, yeah, and, uh, and then maybe look around and just scan some of these other NCAA... Can't do it. NAACP. You can scan the NCAA. They're probably scanning that right now. The NCAA might have some white people. But check out the NAACP and see if we can, if there's some other chapter heads who are white. Maybe she's not the only one. That's very possible. And they were also saying that, uh, uh, look, we stand behind Ms. Dolezal's advocacy record. So, I mean, they're definitely standing, yeah, they have to stand behind all the stuff that she did. But somebody did tell her, I mean, she got told to step down. There's no way she's just stepping down because she's a distraction. Oh, my gosh, no, because she, remember, she stepped down earlier than what her little conference was supposed to be. So I'm sure she was coming out saying, look, uh, I don't believe that I'm white. You can't. You know, you can say that my parents are white. I don't even believe they're my parents. (laughs) I'm black. I believe that I'm black. And I'm the head of this department. And so be it. Have a nice day. Bye. I'm really interested to see where what because she keeps doing this media circuit like she didn't. You know, normally what happens when you get embroiled in one of these controversies, these people, you hit the big show that you think is the biggest show, maybe two or three at tops. And, uh, and then you call it a day. You get your side of the story, and you get out of there. But she is just keeping this thing going. Yeah, she is. And uh, so I'm really interested to see what she's going to parlay this into. Well, it hasn't been a week yet, right? A full week? Uh, I think it happened at the end fast. of last week. Yeah. So, I mean, Thursday or Friday, I think all this went down. And, and then by Monday, it was, you know, right. on it was the front page of everything. Full-blown explosion. So, yeah. um, you know, it hasn't been a full week. So we'll see if the, how fast the, the ride goes away for her. Right. But um, I bet I bet you for sure she hits at least a couple of uh, a couple of magazine covers, at least. Oh, I mean, she has already called Vanity Fair like ten times. Now there is another uh, claim out here, uh, and it is that she was in a sex tape. Did you and let's it? see that. Did let's go ahead and roll that right now. See if it's actually her, and see what kind of message she's trying to give us. Right. So her ex-husband allegedly forced her to perform sex acts in front of the camera against her will. That's what she claimed in court papers. And as you can see in her pictures, that she's very shy. And it would be just totally out of the realm of possibility that she'd be doing some things on And we go to the video. Mm, I don't think the video that exists or is out there. Let's roll the tape. Let's roll the tape. Guess we don't have it. That's very disappointing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know who's worse, her tell or me, you. Uh, tell me you wouldn't look. You wouldn't watch it. I would. I would not watch. Stop it. No. No. This is America. Of course, you would look. No, I would not look. I have zero interest to see this lion sack of. It's dog like mess. looking at a train wreck. You drive by slow. You just look at it. You just drive by slow. And you go, oh man, look at that. I can't believe that. And then you just keep going. And you feel bad, you say a quick prayer, you move on. It's making... Uh, uh, Jeffy, listen, you're sort of the... Now, I, I stop I, at the train wrecks. I stop. No, I was no, like, whoa, don't. hey, look at that. Stop. No, you don't. Check it out, and then move on. Hold on. There's a line here I want you to translate. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can see if I can find it. Uh, crap. Because, you, you know, with all due respect, you are what some would call, you know, the... 
dirt bag of the of the crew. Uh, but I it, watch I a couple it. of things that you think are bad. Hold Sorry. On, Darn it! I can't find the quote, but there is a <laughs> there is a quote here that I did not understand what it meant. And uh, well, we'll break it, then we'll find it. Yeah, we'll, we'll find it. it we'll come back. All right. And uh, but I want you to translate it because it's we might not want to know the answer, but we'll find it out. Oh, no, I was happy to translate. You <laughs> would look at the video. Shut up! I won't. Ugh. Not everybody believes like that. You. Nobody believes that. <laughs> Welcome to it, Pat and Stu, minus Pat and Stu, Rachel Dozel. We just found out has a sex tape <laughs> that apparently we can't find yet, but we are looking. I mean, I, there, looking. I haven't seen it in this studio anywhere, okay? <laughs> but if we can find it, we'll air it. Yeah. That no, we won't. We won't. <laughs> no, we You're won't. terrible human being. So we I will air it on this laptop. So apparently relatives of hers were, in her previous marriage, were kind of afraid that she uh, was a victim of some sort of domestic oh, abuse, no. as she claimed. And um, so, but it's her, I don't know, brother or something named Joshua. Uh, he said, um, oh my gosh, this is a disturbing quote in a memoir he wrote. He said, he, he said of her ex-husband, I murdered him hundreds of times in my sleep. Who hasn't been in a relationship like that? Yeah. I mean, really. Dan, so this is the, now this is the brother talking. I don't know. I don't know if I want to know the fi family dynamic that's happening here happy, exactly I'm... and how that he gained this information. You don't need to go to Google Translator. I'm here for you. Here's what he writes. Her job was to say, this is the brother talking, her relative. Her job was to say, baby, could you wash while I dry? His job was to play along. Our job was to ignore the muffled shouts behind the bedroom door. I have two comments. I have two comments for you. Okay, that's my computer. I have two comments for you. One? Yes. I don't think you want me to translate on the air for you. Okay, that's, that. I think that's all we need to know about Two, that, that phrase. Because you'll know what it means when we air the video once we find it. <laughs> okay? Because we're on the hunt for it now. We haven't found it in this room. We are on the hunt for it. Oh, Ooh, my gosh. Those all love video. And, of course, she claims uh, that, you know, or he's claiming that, you know, friends of this guy is claiming that he was a committed Christian. Uh, and they are, oh, yeah. listen to this, though. So they're claiming that mm -hmm. they're deeply distressed by Rachel's wild accusations. Now, oh, no. after hearing everything we've heard from Rachel, who do you believe more in this yeah, scenario no of this guy being some crazy, you know, uh, serial abuser and you know maybe he was I don't know but at this point I, when you're just going on whose word is more credible I'm sorry I don't even know this guy I haven't even met him but you gotta go with that guy over this lunatic I mean she's just making stuff up because of one right. thing she thinks she's black one thing <laughs> yes because of one thing she lives her life as a black person and she's white one she, thing she gets to look in the mirror every single day and she can't get that right she can't even figure out what she is she has figured out what she is. She's trying to become, look more black than she does already because she's living her life as a black person. She hasn't figured anything out. You know, I don't think we have the clip able to play, but on theblaze.com, you can go see she went down to one of these police rallies. 
Oh, at the ball in Baltimore. And she's chanting yeah. no justice, no peace. Now she goes in there and, and she's got to be like spray tanned up or something. Because like if I would have watched that clip, I I I don't know if I would have thought, hey, is that is, that a white, is she white or black? I don't, I don't know, know either. I think I might have given her the benefit of the doubt. Now you say you you say that you can't avoid knowing that she was white, right? But I don't think you know it. I don't think don't I would have. With the spray tan, which she's like, let's just be honest, she's putting on blackface. I mean, that is what yeah. she's doing. And, and, then, and, and she if you did the don't hair. know, you can't say, you, could, you wouldn't say, I think she's white. You well, don't but, do it. And yeah. the guys didn't question her. They were like, because she, she comes up to these guys who are protesting, with, you know, and like, you know, chanting things, and no justice, no peace, whatever. And she comes right in and is like, hey, I'm the head of the uh, NAA. Uh, did I get it right? Yes, you did. The NAACP. <laughs> they and, would have uh, talked to her if she was the head of the NCAA, too, so it didn't matter. But she came right up, and they're like, she's like, can I say a few words? I'm the, I'm the head of the Spokane chapter of yeah, the I mean, NAACP. And they're like, oh, well, come right come on, on. And She, you know, she goes on. And I want to see the full tape because there's only one clip, but she's basically going on, we have this struggle going on. It's from here to Washington. If someone got shot in Washington, oh, they've too. got the people around her are, are in yeah. uh, I, a revolution shirt. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just wondering if she said my people anywhere in the, in the clip. Well, that, if anybody can find like that clip, because I guarantee it's out there. I guarantee you she said that at some point. She, oh, she she's, how do you not get wrapped up in the moment when you think you're black and you're pretending to be black and you're in the midst of this protest with other black people and you're, you know, very upset about what you perceive is happening to the to the community. Right. And so she had to be carried away with emotions and stuff. Um, so, you know, she started saying done to her people. <laughs> yes. Okay. The injustice. I mean, look, she's had a hard upbringing in Czechoslovakia, Germany, wherever <laughs> she was from. And, uh, you know, she got made fun of for her freckles. And it's just not, you know, oh my it's God. Uh, it's not an easy Bad. life to be made fun of for the freckles Bad. and Bad. the whiteness or the blackness, whatever it is that she has. I really am. But, I but I guarantee you she got carried away at some point and made some outlandish claim that would be just fantastic. Really, I think I'm tape. at the point where I, just, I don't care. I don't care either. But it's just, she's out care. there still. She keeps going out there and saying crap. So now I have to care because she keeps talking about it. So if we, if the videotape gets released, she's on her way to stardom. <laughs> that's what uh, the prediction is on Drudge. Is that, well, look, that's the formula for getting stardom That's right now, my is, point. She's on her way. Get the sex tape out there and uh, what? Accidentally. And then uh, next thing you know, she's got a seven-figure payday for her reality show, which... Because you know, if it accidentally gets out there, everybody looks. I mean, you have to. Because, because dirtbags like you... Go ahead and click on the train wreck. Uh, I work for a media company. I, I have to do that for you my job. You have to do the research. That's the that's the excuse you. you're going with. It works. <laughs> <laughs> it works at home, I'll tell you that. Oh, you're an awful human being. <laughs> All right, so can we move? Are we done with I'm Rachel? done with Rachel. Are you done with I've her? I've had enough of her. Because Let's move we, on. Did we, out, uh, we did find out. We did find out. Natasha found out that at least on a quick, uh, quick, quick search, two... Uh, white people were the head of uh, a couple of different uh, NAACP chapters, just off the you know a quick search. So they do, uh, they do exist. Uh, NAACP allows them; it's all part of their deal as long as you're fighting for the cause, right? For for a cause. so, God bless them. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know if there's anyone else pretending. <laughs> to be black. Now that would be funny in the uh, NAACP. I'm cheering uh, for that. Yes. That would be amazing. That would be great. And I'll tell you, it would bode really well for Rachel's case. Can we make the prediction? If there were a couple other people doing it. 
can, uh, I think, Because somebody you. needs to come out and say, oh, I felt the same yeah, way as yeah. Rachel. And, and that'll I, be it. That'll be the snowball effect when yep. this turns into one nutcase and it turns into, you know what? We only what? need one more, and we maybe just, two. We weren't being inclusive enough. Can we, we should do like a quick uh, instant poll or, you know, just, I don't know, just tweet flash us or pole, something. Flash, flash poll. Just tweet if you think this will actually catch on into another Bruce Jenner thing and then it'll be like this moment now that we're in will be the moment where we just didn't have our eyes open. Oh, and this woman you, opened our yeah. eyes to uh, racial identity and trans yes. racial, identity, racial identity, racial fluidity. Will it become a movement or will she just remain a lone nut? Oh, I, I don't think it'll be a movement. I think it'll just be that's be that's. That'll be an actual new box. Right. Well, when I say movement, I just mean like, yeah. Well, yeah. When I say movement, yeah, exactly, a new box. It'll be an accepted thing. Yep. Like oh, right absolutely. now it's being mocked. John Stewart, everybody's mocking her. But are we gonna, is everyone going to come around? Because I, mean, I think progressives, when they're presented with their own logic, have to. They, this, I think this is why she's doing it. Because maybe she's smarter than I'm giving her credit for. Because if she understands progressive logic... That, you know, with the Bruce Jenner thing, you have to they accept have to it. Include her. You have to accept what their identity is. Because Bruce Jenner, by all accounts, physical and body parts, is a man. she probably does believe that. So, which but is, they all say you can't go against what they're feeling So now inside. the mocking is really shocking her. So she's going to keep fighting until the mocking stops. Because she's like, why are they mocking? Uh, I'm part of you. Yes. I'm one of yeah. you. And I think... She's just doubling down that maybe progressives are going to start coming around. All right, so how she long? already had him at the beginning. She had yep. Melissa Harris-Perry. Yeah, Whoopi. Yes. Whoopi says it's all good. I'm telling you, what, how long do we have before one, maybe two other people at the NAACP uh, pulls out with the same thing? They were struggling with the same issues all their life, and I've been working here. And they won't be, they might not be leaders, but they will be working behind the scenes because they were so ashamed. I'll give it three months. Oh, it'll be faster than that. You think it's faster than that? Absolutely. I think it's Gotta three be. months till the story kind of dies down, goes away. She's off the radar completely. And then, then it pops and up Pam, again. And it'll pop up again. I love it. So maybe two months. I can't Something wait. Something like that. I, I can't, can't wait, wait either. I'm hoping for it. Did we find the video yet? Have we found the oh, Rachel Dozel family, uh, family video where she's sharing herself with America? We're going to look for that. And when we find it, we'll bring it to you right here on the place. Sharing herself with Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning this morning. Ten it minutes is, before the top of the hour, 50 uh, minutes after the top. That's right. Traffic and weather together on the alternating threes. <laughs> we'll backed up on the 405, but we're coming around to it. It should clear up by noon. <laughs> anyway, uh, look, first of all, uh, we're done with Rachel, but I'm telling you, it's going to be, count on it. Dan says three months. I'm telling you, it's going to be sooner than that, that at least one person will come out of 
the NAACP <laughs> and say they were struggling with the same thing. Ah, it's... And they'll make it a, a permanent thing. Either way, I think It'll it's It'll be coming. okay. It'll be okay. Now, Mental Floss has come up with some actors that were taking the method acting too far. <laughs> the first one here is Adrian Brody from The Pianist. Do you ever see this movie, The Pianist? I have not. I have. I have not. But he dropped 30 pounds in order to portray the Holocaust survivor and actually learned to play the piano and said he practiced four hours a day. And after that, most actors probably would have called it a day. Instead, Brody decided he needed to feel as lost as the Holocaust survivor did after he was forced out of life he knew. So he gave up his apartment, sold his car, disconnected the phones, and left. <laughs> I took two bags and my keyboard and moved to Europe, said Brody. Wow. Now, of course, uh, you know, his life didn't change at all. Wait, his frustrated girlfriend at the time dumped him. He said, <laughs> no, nah, I'm out. Whoops. Adrian, I love you, but uh, take care. Uh, I'm not doing that. Oh, with she's you. happy about that choice then because then he uh, got an Oscar for Best Oscar Actor right after that. So, <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, that was dumb. Failed uh, that was choices a dumb there. Move. <laughs> That's like Peter Best from, the, from, yeah. the, from the, the original drama for the Beatles. Yeah. You know how he wakes up every day? <laughs> There's the, uh, I forget the guy's name, but the, the other one is the stupid, uh, stupid Beatles joke. You're welcome. America. The guitarist for uh, he was for Nirvana. It was for Nirvana and then another Soundgarden or something like that. He was in both of those bands and then got kicked out of them just before uh, they went huge. And but he ended up becoming like a special special forces guy and served in that oh, and go. stuff. So that's cool. What so, would you rather do? Be a rock star or go to? Become a special yeah. forces in Iraq. So, I don't know. Let's do Sylvester. I have seen Rocky IV. Sylvester this Stallone is a, this Rocky IV. one of the best ones. So I love it. While filming Rocky IV, Stallone asked co-star Dolph Lundgren, who's fantastic, Ivan Drago. He's only about eight feet tall in real to, life. To try and, quote, really knock him out. <laughs> And, uh, quote, bad idea, Stallone later Yeah, no recall. kidding, Sly. <laughs> later that night, my blood pressure goes up to 260. I go to the hospital. They put me in an emergency jet and fly me back to America. Next thing I know, I'm in intensive care for five days with nuns walking around. He hit my heart so hard that it banged against my ribs and started to swell. That, that. And that usually happens in car accidents. So I was hit by a truck. So they picked the, the wow. moral of the story is they picked the right guy in Dolph Lundgren. They sure did. They and probably didn't even have to fake that EKG machine he was, like, hitting, you know? Remember when he would hit it and the, the Russian guy's all, like, happy to look at him. He beats him on beats. He bleeds. He is a man. He's not a machine. I'm going to have to see that. Be oh, wow. Billy Bob Thornton in Sling Blade, which this movie, I don't know. I, 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 everybody loves a stupid movie. Thornton uh, depended on an unusual and painful method to nail his character uh, Carl's signature shuffle. Do you remember him in Sling Blade? The actor placed crushed glass inside his shoes. Awful. Forcing him to limp around. And he earned an Oscar nomination for the role. Now, would you, for the money, you know, everybody complains those actors, they make all that money, big Hollywood stars. Billy Bob's walking around with crushed glass in his shoe. I mean, he deserves for a little cash for that. No, but he made, he got the Oscar for it. He already got paid for doing the stupid role. So what the heck was he doing putting the thing in his shoes? It's like, it'd be like you putting glass in your shoe right now to be a better, you know, host or whatever it is you try to do. Well, he did it to limp around for the role. But he already got the role. He was already going to get paid for it. So what difference does it make? That's, it that makes stupid. the role better. 
so what? He was going to get paid. Listen what, to you. What what kind you? Of you're actor like the you? moral, other than your whole I want to watch Rachel in her porn video. You have we like found the, that yet, by the way? Because I, I mean, I'm willing to. We still have time. We've got a couple minutes left in the broadcast. I bet it's not that long of a video. I mean, it's a yeah. homegrown one. Let's go to the next one. They're usually, you know, a minute. Nicholas 52. Cage in Birdie, 1984. Did you see this? I didn't see yeah. this. In order to physically feel the pain uh, his Vietnam, Vietnam vet character might have, Cage had a few teeth pulled good, good, without Nick. anesthesia. He also spent five weeks with his face wrapped in bandages. The reactions on the street were brutal, Cage told the Telegraph. Men and women laughing, kids staring, and when I took the bandages off, my skin was all infected because of the uh, acne and ingrown, ingrowing hairs. See, these guys are rough. These guys are rough. Like Daniel Day-Lewis uh, in Gangs of New York. Three-time Oscar winner to his craft. This is his devotion. Yeah. His devotion to being an actor, Dan. The two of them apparently are not willing no. to do. No, uh, Cost him his health on Gangs of New York because uh, he refused to wear modern-day winter coat on the set during the filming and caught pneumonia while he was playing Bill the Butcher. So What a wuss. I know. I like Daniel Day. It's a little cold. Of course, I started the show by saying I was going to freeze to death. So just don't go back to the beginning of the show where I complain about that. And what a wuss this guy is. <laughs> Daniel Day wouldn't wear a jacket. <laughs> you oh. wouldn't put glass in your shoe. You want to wear a jacket. Oh, my God. No, but remember, the segment was uh, taking it too far. So I would agree. Oh, that's true. They took it too that far. the segment, although I disagree with that. The movies would have looked just Speaking fine. Speaking of taking it too far, have we shoe. found the Rachel Dolezal video yet? Oh, no. Hopefully she burned it.